Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. We're in the middle of this sermon series uh, called What's the Line? What's the Line? And we've been taking on different topics in our culture that I think maybe we should go back to the Word with. And so it's not about culture, so to speak. It's not preaching against people outside the church. Uh, we're, we're not worried about how they act. And so I'm worried about the church, who we are, our understanding, our theology, our beliefs, the future of, of where we're going. And so uh, we talked about a few different things. Next week, we're going to do a Q&A off what we talk about this week. And so this week, we're going to talk on the topic of gender. Uh, if As we're talking, we're going to stay pretty straightforward, uh, no pun intended, straightforward though on, on, come on now, first service, we didn't get it either. That was a good one. We're going to stay right, right here. But next week, we're going to take questions. We're going to let you kind of guide the, the, the service again. And so as I'm speaking, if you think of something you would like to talk about, maybe you've thought about it in, in your head and you've never heard it talked about in church relating to gender and all the things we're going we're gonna to kind of discuss, go in your app, open it up. You can submit a question. It's anonymous. You can do it until the end of the day tomorrow, and then we're going to use that for next week. The last week, so not next week, but the week after that, the last topic, we're going to talk about something most churches just stopped talking about, the topic of alcohol, right? How are you allowed to drink it? Uh, how much is too much? What does the Bible say about getting drunk? What does the Bible say about being under the influence? Is it, is it beneficial, right? Is it all those things? And so it uh, should be a good one because we're, like most, most churches uh, filled with people are good talking about gender and things like that because for most of us, we're pretty, we're pretty consistent with that. Alcohol trips, us, trips a lot of us up. Like it, it, what I've noticed is alcohol is like, eh. Am I really drunk? And so we're, we're going we're to have a good time talking about that. And so, uh, and don't skip it. it, it, it you just come. Don't be, don't be a baby. And so, uh, right? Like, you know how it is. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to talk about something that's not applicable. Don't be a baby, right? And so don't be so fragile. Are you, are you with me? Like, can I, just, can I just say that to us? Like, I'm talking to myself. And so uh, we want to grow. We want to be who we're called to be. So today, I want to talk to you about gender. Gender. And so uh, how many of you know uh, morality in our, in our country or world's changing? How many of you know that? Morals are changing. Now, now, I'm not, listen, here's how you know you're an old person. Because I'm 42, so I've moved into the next category on the list. When you go to the doctor's office, it's like, you know, is this the 18, 18 to 25, 25 to 32, 32 to 40, I'm 42 now. So I'm like in the bottom tier, right? And so, but a lot of times older people, I remember, my, you know, older generations would be like, the world was so much better 50 years ago, everything's falling apart. Some of it's true. I mean, you couldn't drink out of the same water fountain as somebody that was a different color than you. And so uh, we fixed that. Well, it was not like the world was perfect back then. Are you, are you with me? But stuff is changing. Stuff is shifting. And any time things shift and change, as a church, we should pull ourselves back to the Word of God. Pull up a seat spiritually. Open up the Word of God. And say, what are, you, what, are, what are you teaching us? Society's changing. People are changing. Heck, even churches are changing. I don't know if you noticed that or not. A lot of churches, they're changing on what they believe about gender. They're inclusive. They're affirming. They're having uh, uh, services. Where they, I saw a church in New York City. True, true, true story. You can look it up. They had a trans uh, 
fashion show where they cheered these people on. It's in church. Like, they're, they're changing what they say. Can I give you my honest opinion on why a lot of churches and denominations are shifting? It's because they're dying and they're, 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 they're pulling at the crumbs trying to stay relevant. So they're, they're dying. Like, their, their buildings are empty. People aren't dying off. The only way, they, they, like, they, they have more money in endowments. They do in, in offering. They have buildings that are turning into museums. So what are we going to do? We're not going to trust in the gospel and get back to our roots. We're going to reach for, reach for straws. We're going to try to figure something out that makes us relevant. And so I can promise you, we're never going to get to that point. I'd rather pastor no one and pastor them faithfully than pastor a big crowd of people going to hell. That's just, that's just me. I don't like this job that much, right? Like, I, you stop coming, I'll do something else. It pays better. And so, like, that's, that's how I feel. I got nothing to lose. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pull myself up to the table, and I'm just going to say, here's what the word of, of God says. And if it says it, we're just going to stick, stick to that. And so I started studying this week because I don't, I don't want to be an uneducated yeller, right? And so I'm going to yell at some point today. You can guarantee that. But I don't want to be... Just come up here and just yell for 30 minutes and kind of have no heart, no sensitivity, no understanding, no education, and just kind of speak from an outdated church mentality and not understand anything that's going on. And so as I studied, I realized, you know, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of confusion. Uh, there's, there's a lot of teaching right now that, that probably goes against what, what the Word of God says. A lot of us live in a world that it's, it's hard. It's blur, blurred lines. There's, there's churches teaching different things. But, and so it's, it's just a difficult situation. So as I was studying different words, and, you know, I'm, I'm always amazed at, like, the, uh, the words in Scripture that are used to celebrate wor words or lifestyles that do not affirm the type of lifestyle the Bible says, like the rainbow is something that we celebrate during June and really all, all the time. You'll see rainbows all over the place. But the rainbow started in the book of Genesis when God flooded the earth and sent a rainbow and said, this is a symbol I'm never going to flood the earth again. It's not a flag. It's a promise, right? Another thing that's interesting is the word pride is used, thrown around. We have pride in ourselves. The Bible says don't have pride in yourself. You're broken. You're a mess. The Bible says pride comes before the fall. Pride is not a good thing. Pride is what got Satan tossed out of heaven and thus ruined the world. We're not prideful in ourselves. We're humble before Christ. We're prideful in what Jesus has done for us. So I, I find it funny. Another word that I, that I, that I started to land on this week is uh, a word using to describe where gender is going. So we know where gender has been, but here's where gender is going. Gender fluidity. You guys, have you heard that term? Gender is, is fluid now. It's not something that's concrete. It's outdated. That's, you know, our, our parents' generation way of believing it. We're smarter Every younger generation always thinks they're smarter than the previous generation, right? And so I was there. We're smarter. We know how to do things better. You know, I, I know it's leading to a generation of kids that are suicidal and depressed and lack purpose and worth. But, hey, you know, we'll figure it out as, as, as we go. And so they use this term gender fluid. What's gender fluid? Gender fluid is an adjective uh, describing a child or an adult who's unconfined by one single gender identity. In, in, in fact, the definition says their, their gender will manifest itself differently over time, sometimes different day by day. This is, this is where we're at. So I looked up fluidity. What does that mean? What's the definition of that? Why do they pick that? Because there's a reason. There's a reason you pick a, a rainbow, right? Because it's probably maybe not against the, the will of God. And so we're going to go outside of God's door. We're going to take this. Why do you pick the word pride? Maybe, it's a, maybe there's an agenda there, right? Like maybe Satan's working something. Why would you pick the word fluid? Well, the word fluidity means the state of being unsettled or unstable. The exact opposite of who Jesus Christ is. Fluidity. 
the, 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 the characteristic of being unsettled or unstable. So I started thinking about that in the terms of fluid because it just makes sense. Fluid means fluid. So I have water here, right? And I just decided it's hot today. I'm going to play a game of catch with you. <laughs> so I'm going to take some water. Who do I know in here? Good, Connor. I know you. And so, and I'm just going to put your hands out, Connor. Ready? Just catch the water. Did you get it? Did you get it? Okay, who else? Let me just give you. Yeah, get them, get them. Kyle, there you go. It feel right. You want me to just dump it on you? It'll feel good, right? Like if I just took this and went like this, there's not a person in this room that's going, please. In Montgomeryville, I wish I could have pre-orchestrated this, like being in Disney World where water would fall down from the roof on you. It would have been incredible, but we didn't think that far out. Why? Why don't you want me to throw this to you? Because it gets lost in translation. You're barely going to catch any of it. Which is maybe why you use the, the word, right? Because the opposite of stability is fluidity, right? So when we play sports of any kind that are significant, all real sports have a what involved in them? I know you're going to tell me. No, there's not. Real sports have some form of ball. <laughs> What's the difference? This is stable. This is strong. This rep represents the ability to get. Watch this. I'll throw it to Connor. Connor will catch it. Man, the first service, I threw it off somebody's head the first time. It was awesome. <laughs> Connor will throw it back, right? We don't have to only throw it to girls here, right? Our boys, there you go. Girls can catch as good as boys do, right? Probably better. And so we'll do it right. Can we throw it all the way back? We're all the way back. Can you catch it? No, bad throw. All right, we're going to forget that illustration, right? <laughs> throw it back. Throw it back. Come on. Throw it back. There you go. Warming up for softball, softball playoffs today, good throw, man. And so listen, we can play, catch this. If I take this and I start going around, none of you were like. <laughs> right, because it creates an atmosphere that's unsettled and unstable. And if you think about it, that's the exact opposite of Jesus. Watch, watch what the Bible says over and over and over again. It talks about how he's, he's stable. Watch what it says, Psalms 33. But the Lord's plans, they stand firm forever. They, they don't change. They don't shift. You don't figure them out one generation to the next. In fact, watch what it says. The purposes of his heart through all generations. So if he creates something, it's going to be consistent through every generation that's born. That is the definition of stability. What's he doing? He's creating a generation that's fluid, unsettled, right? Insecure, a lack of worth suicidal, not knowing why I'm here, not having any purpose, the opposite of the stability of Jesus. Isaiah 40 says, the grass withers and the flowers fall. Watch what it says, though. But the word of God, it endures forever. Jesus said it. He said, heavens and earth will pass away. But you know what never changes? My words. My words will never pass away. I love what it says in James 1, 17. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change, watch this, like shifting shadows. It's interesting that they use the word fluidity because I truly believe that Satan loves the term fluidity because it's stealing from many God's stability. Let me, let me just explain to you what happens. And this is not a, 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 a sermon on gender traditions. Not going old school Mennonite here. You know what I'm talking about? I moved when we got the Mennonite church years ago, there was pamphlets on how a wife should act and how a husband should act and how the wife should have the man's favorite slippers when he comes home from work. And yes, please, right? But that <laughs> I showed my wife. She slapped me, right? <laughs> this is not this is not a message 
about one sex being over another sex. This is a message about the stability of who we are as God's creation. And here's the thing. It's not political. It doesn't come with hate. I'm not, I'm not a phobic. The only thing I'm a phobic of, somebody walked in there like, there's a spider there, this kid. I'm like, what do you want me to do about it? I'm a pastor. I'm not killing that thing, right? I'm scared of spiders. I'm, I'm, I'm scared of snakes. I'm scared of coffee breath. Anybody else, right? I'm not scared of people that are transgender or gay or anything like that. And I don't hate them. I just wholeheartedly believe in the truth of God's scripture and the freedom that comes in Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to teach that. I'm not going to shift like the shadows. I'm not going to cower in fear. I'm not going to walk away from what the scripture says. And he, here's why. I did some studying this week, right? Because I'm trying to understand what's going on. And what I found out is gender fluidity ultimately, if you study it, thrives on complication. Complication. I don't know if you ever Googled how many genders there is. Don't do it. It's not helpful. I mean, I can Google anything else. I Google Bible verses. It brings them up, takes me to my site, copy and paste them in my notes. I, I Google if the Eagles are going to be good this year. The Bible, the Bible says yes. And so uh, I Google all that stuff. If you Google how many genders, it's not a straight answer. It's not a straight answer. There's 76. There's 72. There's 16. There's 112. Facebook told me there's 58. Might have changed since yesterday. You ever read all the terms of, of the different people on the spectrum because there's this ever- Ending, never, never stopping, continued spectrum. Like there's a, there's a new part of, uh, of dif- dif- just different definitions. Like this week I was studying. There's a, there's a, new, there's a new definition for your, a word for your, your baby. You don't call your baby a baby anymore because that's genderizing them. You call them a baby. True story. It's a baby because we, we don't want to pick their gender till they're ready to, to pick their gender. We, we, we do this. Like we, we, have, we have terms for people that are... That are cisgender and 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 then they have all these other things like i started reading all these 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 definitions right the 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 ftm a person who was assigned a female at sex at birth but whose gender identity is a boy or a man mfntf which is the opposite of that gender binary gender fluid gender expansive gender queer non-binary trans boy trans girl all these definitions you can just keep going and as i studied them i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna quote these so i seem educated you know what happened to me I got more and more uh, confused. I got, there was more and more complication to it. And I started thinking to myself, Satan loves this. He loves complications. Where, where, where Jesus keeps it simple, Satan loves to complicate things. He, he, Jesus is simple. You're a sinner. You need a savior. You're broken. We're not going to celebrate who you are because who you are put me on the cross. The beginning of your life is the end of you and the celebration of me. Amen? It's not about you. It's not about your pride. It's not about your coming out. It's not about you identifying as your true self. Your true self. Can I just preach to the American church? Your true self is broke, busted, and disgusted. We don't celebrate that. People are like, oh, you're holier than now. You go to church. I go to church because I deeply and desperately need Jesus Christ. Every week, I need to come in here, and I need to repent of my sin and be in his presence and thank him for his glory and thank him for his grace and thank him for giving me another opportunity to walk up on this stage and pray my flies not down and all those other things that go on in my head. I love I love standing over there and feeling the presence of the Lord, but I'm not standing over there going, I take pride in myself. I go, man, I shouldn't be here. 
I shouldn't be here. It's not complicated. All of us fall short of the glory of God. The wages of our, our sin, our sin, our gossip, our sexual identities outside of what the, what the Bible teaches, our greed, right? All those things are all part of sin. They separate us from the love of God. But Jesus Christ, through his grace and his mercy, reconciled the world through what he did for us on the cross. For anyone who calls on him, confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart shall be saved. That's what we celebrate here. But the other way is complicated. Complic I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. It's complicated. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, the God of this age, what does he do? He blinds the minds of unbelievers. That's what he does. So that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. This is what he loves. He loves to bring complication, to blind people. Anybody ever play pin the tail on the donkey? How many of y'all think that game would be so much easier if there wasn't a blindfold and some twisting of your body involved? They give you a tail and a thumb knack and you find the butt. It's easy. Okay, I can do this. You're going to find, find the backside of, of the donkey. I'm going to put it on. I'm going get to get the prize. And what does somebody do? They come behind you. They say, hold on a second. They put a blindfold on your eyes and they spin you around. And what happens? You end up looking like a what? Like an idiot. Like, in it, like you, you don't know where to go. You don't know where to turn. This is what happens in gender and sexuality outside of God. It gets complicated. You know what happens when stuff gets complicated? It leads to confusion. It leads to confusion. There was a time in life where there was boys' toys and there was girls' toys. There was boys' clothes and there was girls' clothes. There was boys' sports and there was girls' sports. And sometimes those are intermixed, but usually by college they're separated. There was just difference. Like you, you, boys and girls weren't better than each other or above each other, but we were just, we were just different. And then there was a time when you, your boys and your girls could play because they were, uh, they were interested in, in, with a girl's toy, and it wasn't like they were confused or they were maybe had a different gender. They were just being kids. When I was a kid, you could play with Barbies, and it was just normal. I was a boy. Why was I playing with Barbies? Easy, so I could see what's underneath their clothes. Right? Like a couple years ago, my, my parents, they bought, they bought, I mean, am I preaching right, guys? We're playing house, right? A couple years ago, I was at my parents' house, and I have three boys. And, and they didn't decide that. They were just boys. And one day, my youngest boy, Harrison, was down in the closet in my parents' basement with my, his cousin Landon. And they were in the toy closet. And they had boy toys and they had girl toys because they had boy grandkids and girl grandkids. And so... They were in the toys, and they had the big tub of these used garage sale Barbies out. And I came in. They were extremely quiet. And I came in, and I opened the door. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And all over the floor was naked Barbies. I said, what are you doing? And they're like, we're, lo we're looking at their bops. I was like, come again. And they're like, some are big, some are, and they were looking at their bops. And I'm like, I didn't call the counselor up and go, my kid's confused. This is so complicated, right? But in our day and age, hey, he might have a gender issue. You might have wrongly assigned him at birth because you looked at his body and you decided he's a male. They told me he was a male at 20 weeks. Let's go back to the abortion thing, right? Like they told me he was a male at 20 weeks and he came out and he was a male. And we raised him as a boy and, he, and I, there's no confusion to it. No, no. There's confusion. Like, 
e- even now, like, I don't know if you've ever been through this, but I watched, I heard a story about somebody who watched a, a, a teaching online. It was a kind of a conversation that was happening between a teacher and a psychologist, and they were talking about gender issues and how you figure out what you are beyond just how you were born. And watch what the bot like they said. The, the, the counselor says, let me give you seven characteristics of a boy whose true identity is probably somebody who likes girls, like a gay person, right? And so he says, here they are, sensitive, creative, if you're a boy, artistic, passive, finds friends with girls easier than friendships with boys, non-athletic, and dislikes roughhousing. If you're any of those or most of those, you're, you're probably homosexual. You probably like boys. I would say that's every worship leader I've ever met. <laughs> hey, right? You're sensitive? Like, you're probably gay because you, you're, you're kind and you're sensitive and you're in touch with your feel. Like, for me, I'm like, that's, I need that. Pray, pray that for me. My wife would say, you should have that, right? Like, like all these things, it's just confusing. So you have this, this it's complicated, it's, it's confusing. And watch, let me just give you one, one, more, one more thought. It demands conformity. One of my favorite truths, and I think this is, this is always true, is what one generation tolerates, the next generation will accept. Well, one, why, why do you think, so, like, so my kids are in public school, and so, and I have a whole belief system of why, that we are where we're at, do what we do, called where we're at, and you have to live your own life, and I got to live my own life, and figure it out, right? But we're in Phoenix school systems, and we're bought into this town, and we want to be a problem for Satan. Are, are you tracking with me? Like, I don't run from, from, from danger. And my kids learn some things at school that we have to come home and I have to tell them, that's make-believe. We don't play make-believe, right? Like, you stopped running around with capes about 17 years ago, right? And so, like, that we, people can, can believe like that if they want, but that's not the truth. And so, like, and you're there to bring the truth. And so you're not going to go there in an angry way, but you're going to go there with a servant mentality like Jesus did. And you're going to be filled with life. And so this is what we're always, always telling them. But what I realize in our culture is if you don't conform, you get canceled. You get canceled. They cancel teachers. They cancel businesses. They, 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 cancel, they cancel athletes. They, 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 they cancel actors or actresses. They cancel you. If they find out you go to a church as an actor that teaches anything but what they want to push, they cancel you, right? Like, you can get canceled no matter what. And there's so many reasons. We just keep canceling one another. So what do we, what do, we do? We're just going to conform. We're going to fall in line. We're going to go along with all the, I mean, it's just filled with contradictions, right? Like, you can pick your, 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 your sex, you can pick your race, you can pick your disability if you want, you can pick your age. Hello, I'm 12 now, right? Like, I'm just going to pick that. I feel like that today. Uh, you can pick all these things, all these walking contradictions. What's a woman? I don't know. What's a man? I don't know. I'm not a biologist, right? Like, all these things are going on, and they need us to conform. And I love what the Bible says. What does the Bible say not to do? The Bible says in Romans 12, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God in this. This is your true and proper worship. Watch what it says. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. I don't don't care if everybody believes it. I don't care if that's the education that's being pushed. I don't care if the doctors at the college campuses can argue this to their blue in the face. I have the rock. I stand on a firm foundation. 
I'm stable in what I understand. And so I'm not going to allow myself, like shifting shadows, to be swayed. Because this is a gift from God. When you understand the stability of God, let me just give you a few, few things. And this is part number two. That was part number one. We're going to go quick. Laura, you can play me out. The first thing is this. Ready? Godly stability, number one, most important thing, biggest problem in our gender issues, establishes you're created. Let me just explain to you how this whole thing works. The uh, Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that God made us male and female. It's real simple. We're not better than one another. He didn't spend lots of time on, on the man and go, okay, I got a little bit left over for the, the woman. He didn't tell Adam, hey, here's the plan. We're going to make this, this female. You're going to be stronger than her. You're going to be better than her. You're going to be over her. She's going to stay home and listen to you. You're going to be domineering. That's not what the Bible teaches. I hate that, 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 that stuff. The Bible tells the husband to be the spiritual leader of his, of his wife. It doesn't tell him to be the leader of, of women. Like, and the, the Bible is really clear that we're, we're created separate and equal, right? We complement one another. You know from biology. I know all of us are not a biologist, but we know from biology and all sorts of other classes that you take that we fit together perfectly. Am I telling the truth? That God created us like that. We didn't evolve into that. That God formed us out of the dirt, right? And molded us and made us male and female, separate but equal. We can spend some time next week talking about what that looks like, what your role is. But the most important thing is that you understand you were created. Because if you don't understand you were created for the rest of your life, you'll wander aimlessly. You were created. In fact, you ever want to be encouraged in your life? Because some of you, uh, you feel like an accident, you feel worthless, you feel not good enough, you don't have enough TikTok followers, you didn't get enough views on that, you didn't get enough likes, you don't, nobody liked your bikini picture you put up online a couple weeks ago. No girl swiped right on your Tinder, like all these things that we just need, right? Nobody sees your potential. You've been looked over. One of the, one of the things, you just go to Psalms 139. I, I, love, I love Psalms 139. Psalm, Psalms 139 is some of the most powerful truth in your life. What does the Bible say as, as, as God forms you? What does he say? That I formed your inward parts. You, you covered, he says, you covered me in my mother's womb. He says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret places, skillfully wrought in the lowest places. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, I love this, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, and numbered them all. In other words, he created you. Like, you just think about that. I want you to, your mom and dad did the thing, right? We already talked about this a few weeks ago. We know this. We're not going to have to talk about this again. Stay with me. And so, and immediately God said, See the future. What does the world need? He needs a girl. They need a girl. And so he just did, it, did your hair, right? And breathed the lungs into you and, and said, you know, you're going to have blue eyes and you're going to have dark hair and, uh, you know, you're going to have a couple freckles and you, you, you're, you're going to be this tall and you, you're, you're going to do this with your life, so I need you to have this skill. They're going to help run a business one day, so I need you to have some discernment. You know what I'm talking about, guys? You know how girls have that thing, right? You're like, I didn't see that. <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about? And your wife's like, you're an idiot. And eventually you go, I'm just going to listen to what you say because I don't see it, right? I'll run through a wall, but I don't know what's on the other side. So please tell me before I get there, right? 
And so discernment and wisdom, like you need, you're going to need wisdom and you're, you're, you're going to have, you're going to have three boys someday. Like I'm thinking about my wife. So you're going to need a lot of patience. You're, you're gonna need you're gonna need that that kindness, but that 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 ability to you know have a sense of humor too, because you have boys and they're gonna do some things that are gonna get on your nerves. They're gonna pass some gas and they're gonna rub their hands on some things and mess it up. And you're gonna need a little bit of a sense of humor and be able to laugh. And you and God formed you the foundations up before the foundations of the world. It's such a beautiful concept. The other one of you, he's like, I need I need some guys. We we need a godly man in this world. Here's the town you're going to live in. Here's the body you're going to have. Here's the talents you're, you're going to have. Here's the hair, but you're only going to have it for like 15 years. I'm going to need you to have a beautiful bald head. It's going to be fine, though. You're going to have this brain, this you think You think about that. Like, it changes everything. You go from constantly trying to figure out your life to go, I'm created. I'm not the creator. That's the problem with us. I'm created. I'm designed on purpose. God put me on this earth for such a time as this. Me and my wife talk often about church people. And the one thing that I want more than anything for you that I think so many people miss is you are put on this earth for such a time as this. And it is bigger than you just taking care of your few family members in your home and moving where you want to move and deciding based on comfort what you do with your life. and all. Your life is bigger than that. He has a purpose and a plan. He wants to shake and change and shape history with your life. Can I get an amen there? If you would just realize that, we would change cities and nations. You are created. The hands of the creator were on you. Man, it changes everything. And if you're created, listen, if you're created in a godly stability, the number two, it provides clarity. There's clarity there. You begin to un understand. The Bible says in, in Proverbs, where there's no vision, people perish. Where there's no revelation, people, people perish. And so here's what's happened. We don't, we don't know what we're here for. We don't know what the differences are. We're going to compete with each other. We're going to th think, you know, somebody's trying to get one up on each other. We don't know that we're here to complement each other, to complete each other, to make each other better. We don't know we're here for, for a purpose and a reason. And so we have no clear direction. But when you understand you're created, it provides clarity in your life. It changes everything. A few weeks ago, I bought a basketball hoop. I opened it up, all the parts. I don't know if you ever bought a basketball hoop. It's my third basketball hoop in two years. They keep breaking, right? And I'm stupid, and I just keep buying them. So I bought a basketball hoop from Costco, brought it home. It was a hot day like this. I went outside, opened every part up, got to the bottom, pulled out the instructions. The instructions were in Chinese. Now, I have pictures, but the words were Chinese. Now, I prayed. I said, Holy Spirit. <laughs> in the book of Acts, chapter 2. You came on the disciples and you enabled them to speak in tongues and interpret. So, God, if you want to give me the opportunity to do this, this will be a great testimony in a few weeks. He didn't. So I spent the next two hours trying to figure out how to put this thing together, reading Chinese. And so finally I got online. I looked up the number to Spalding. I called the helpline. I said, help! I said, I need the instructions. They sent me the instructions in English. Everything changed. Parts went together. Stuff made sense. It got, it got easier. It brought clarity. And I'm, I'm, something changes in your life when you go from trying to figure life out on your own to going, okay, I, I'm created. I'm designed. And because I'm designed, I've also been assigned. 
I'm not assigning myself, right? I'm not trying to figure myself out. I'm not left here on my own to wade through these difficult waters. I got somebody who made me, who has a purpose for my life. And because of that, it provides clarity in my life. And the last thing it does, the last thing it does is it sets a clear course for your life. Like if you would just get this, some of you are like, I don't know what to do. I have boys. I don't know what to do. They're crazy. What am I supposed to do in this crazy world? Here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to figure out why God gave you that many boys, why he trusted you like that. And you're supposed to invest in their life based on what the word of God says, not what they're being taught, not what's being exclaimed, not what's being yelled at, not what people are saying you need to conform to. What does the word of God say? That, 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 that young man you have is supposed to be a spiritual leader in his home one day. So what's he going to do right now? You're going to teach him right now. What's, what's the number one thing you need to be a spiritual leader in your home? Servant. You're going to teach him to serve. So what am I doing right now? I'm like, I got three boys. I don't know why gave me th- God gave me three boys. We prayed for a girl in the third one. I couldn't take another boy. God gave me the worst boy out of all of them. Like the, the strongest will breaks everything. The other day, he put a hole through my brand new basketball hoop with the baseball. That's my life. Right through it. I'm like, how did you do it? He's like, I hit a bomb, right? Right through it. I'm up there. T- I'm like, this is, this is my life. Why do I have all these boys? I'm teaching them to serve, to love. To, to put, see their mom as a, as a daughter of God, even though it's their mom, we're going to walk out from church today. They know I got a backpack on and I got stuff on my hand. And I could get that backpack for your mom that she has, but I'm teaching you to be servants. What do you need to do? You need to grab your mom's backpack. You need to treat her well. You need to honor her. You need to open up the door. You need to do all these things. Maybe you've got girls. I don't know what to do with girls. Good luck, right? Here's what I would do. I would teach them they're a daughter of God, that their value is not attached to a man. The value is not attached to their body. The value is not attached to how many likes they get. That their value intrinsically is attached to them being a daughter of the Most High. That they've been filled with discernment. And let me tell you something else that's cool. Many times in Scripture, when the Bible uses the word wisdom, it uses the pronoun she. Isn't that interesting? Wisdom is she. We all know that in this room. It's she, discernment and grace and, and love and kindness. And, and I, would, I would tell them, you're a nurturer because God knows many of us guys are not, right? You're going to nurture and you're going to see people differently. My wife, she sees people differently than I do. Her heart breaks. She prays differently than I do. My prayer is simple and short and straight to the point. Jesus, help me. Amen. I'll walk in, she'll be pleading over people's lives and praying for people specifically and remember what's going on and pleading the blood over the schools. And I'm like, the world needs women like this. You know how she got there? No. She knows she's, she's created. It's provided clarity in who she is, and it's set the course of her, her life. And so I'm just going to tell you, just speak into your kids. Stop letting the life of your kids be, be, be charted by the culture of this world. No, no. You're a daughter of the Most High. You're a son of the Most High. You were put here on this earth. We're telling your kids that, by the way. We're not babysitting your kids back there. We're whispering into their ear from a very young age, you're on this earth to change this world. Don't turn out like your parents. You know, don't be apathetic like the church world. Don't sit back. Don't cower. Don't live in fear. You were put on this earth for such a time as this. You've been sent here to do something significant. And you see what happens? Stability. Stability. I've been created. I have a purpose. There's a course for my life. I've been sent here. I'm going to keep following. I'm going to keep pursuing it. I'm going to keep leaning into the truth of God. I'm going to turn down the noise of the world, and I'm going to turn up the truth of Scripture. Amen? Amen. Would you stand to your feet all over this place, and in Montgomeryville, would you bow your heads and close your eyes quickly with me? And uh, 
I just want to just speak a couple things as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Here, here's, here's a few things. First thing is this. Young man, maybe you're not even young anymore. Maybe you're middle-aged now. But I'm going to call you young. There's some men in this place, single men. You are so sexually wounded. You were abused. You were neglected. You hide behind the muscles that you've been given by God. And you act like you're tougher than you are. But the truth is you cower. And you run from being a true man of God because inside you think you can. And I want to remind you that the Lord has put you on this earth for such a time as this. That you have everything you need inside of you to be the spiritual leader that he has called you to be. You have everything inside of you that you need to live that pure life that this world needs you to live. You have every gift inside of you that you're going to need to be the father that you don't even know you're going to be yet. You have everything. Let me just talk to the young girl in this place. There's so many young girls, man. The world has wounded you. You've fallen for the lies of the world. You think you're only as valuable as your body. You look at yourself in the mirror and you don't measure up to the fake things you see online and the filters that you see online and it actually causes depression. It causes you to self-hate yourself. Some of you self-mutilate just so you can feel some form of pain because you're numb. I want you to hear me. You're enough. You're enough just like you are. You're loved. You're adored. You have gift, talents, and abilities. You've been put on this earth. You're important. You're special. You're unique. I don't care what's been told to you. Somebody told you you're too much work. You're not too much work. You're a child of God. And any guy that gets to you needs to be running full speed towards the Lord. And one more group of people, let me just talk to the parents. Let's step up. The answer is not to make fun of the beliefs of this world. They're broken. The answer is to build with conviction into your kids a belief that they're created, that they're designed, that they're assigned, that they were put on this earth for a reason, and you began to chart the course. You set the course for their life. You speak to who they are. You encourage them and you affirm them. That's the best way to build up their sexual identity in Christ. You affirm the things in their life that you see God doing. And you speak into the future that you believe God has for them. Even that baby. We have so many women with their babies in your belly right now. Just right now, just put your hands. If you're pregnant, just put your hands on your belly. God, thank you for this little child that you know, you love, you plan for. They're not mine, they're yours. You're going to give them to me for a few years. God, help me to steward them towards this. God, would you protect them and guide them? And you see where we're at? We're not running. We don't, we don't cower. We're not worried about being canceled. We're here. The Bible calls us to the good fight. People's lives are on the line. Maybe you're in this place, and as I'm speaking, in Montgomeryville as well, as I'm speaking, man, it just feels like I'm talking to you, man. You're, you just feel so ashamed of who you are you feel like you're a mistake you, you feel like you're messed up you, 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 you feel like you don't have a purpose can I just tell you none of that's true and the answer to the feelings that you have is to build your life on the truth of God we're not about feelings here I'm not speaking to your feelings I'm speaking to the truth the truth set you free it's not feelings I don't feel like doing this every week. I don't feel like being married every day. I don't feel like being faithful to my, to my, to my call as a, as a parent every day. It's not feelings, it's truth. 
I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. No weapon formed against me. That's the truth. It's going to prosper. God's given me everything that I need to do what I'm called to do. Maybe you're here, you just feel so beat up. Your feelings overwhelming you right now. There's truth here. His name is Jesus. It's not abstract. He's not far. He's right here. And the Bible says that he knocks at the door of your heart. If you would let him in, he would come in and he would heal you and he would set you free. He would forgive you and he would make you new. You're like, how does he do that? Well, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. The wages of sin is death and hell, the Bible says. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. For anyone who believes what he did, what did he do? He died on a cross for our sins. He paid the price. He defeated death and hell when he rose, from, rose in power. If you believe that with your mouth and your heart, and you ask him to come into life, the Bible says in that moment that you'll be saved, that you'll be healed, that you'll be made whole. So maybe as I've been speaking, it's been like I've been speaking right to you. You're not here by accident. God loves you more than you can imagine, and he wants to change you right here in this moment. He wants to change you right here in this moment. Let me just say it again. He wants to change you right here in this moment if you would just let him in. So all over this place in Montgomeryville, if you're there, and you would say, you know what? I'm ready for that change. I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. I never even heard about this before. Or maybe you've wandered away and now you're back here today and something's changing in your life. And you need to get things right with the Lord. Wherever you're at, if you would say, hey, that's me. I need to get my life right with Jesus Christ. I want him to come in. I want him to save me, heal me, and make me whole. With nobody looking around all over these houses, if you would say, that's me. A little bit of courage, a lack of fear of anybody else beside you, and a desire for your life to completely change. I need a new direction. If that's you all over this place, would you just shoot your hand straight towards heaven and say, listen, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. I need him to heal me and make me whole. I need him to forgive me and set me free. Would you just keep your hand up for a second? If you're in Montgomeryville, man, if you would just keep your hand held high and say, hey, you're speaking to me right now, Pastor. I need Jesus to save me and heal me. And, and maybe as I'm praying and I'm speaking, uh, maybe you're online. You're not even here right now. And this was shared. And uh, at first you were mad. And you were about to turn, to turn the page, scroll down. But the Lord has spoken to your life. And you would say, hey, I need Jesus to come in and heal me right now. Right there online. If you would just let our moderator know, we want to be praying with you as we close. Let's just begin to pray all over this house, church. Jesus, we love you, and Lord, we thank you for this day. And Father, as people respond to your gospel, maybe somebody was here and didn't raise their hand, or maybe they're responding right now and they're letting me know as I'm praying uh, for Montgomeryville or online. Lord, as we pray, though, Lord, would you, just, would you just manifest your presence in a powerful way? Holy Spirit, would you show up and would you begin to change and heal hearts, Lord? Thank you, Lord, that you created us, that you love us, that you saved us through your death, Lord, your burial and your resurrection, and that you have a new life for us. And Lord, as we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart by faith, the Bible says that we're saved, Lord. And when we're saved, Lord, the promises will be fully healed. Lord, we'll have peace that surpasses all understanding. And Lord, you'll fill this place with joy, unspeakable joy. Lord, now as we pray, Lord, and we ask you to move, Father, I pray right now that you would release a spirit of ridiculous courage and conviction in this church. That we're not out to get people, that we don't have a spirit of judgment, Lord, but Lord, we do carry with us a spirit of security. Lord, that we're secure in your truth, we're secure in our relationship with you, we're secure in the, in the message that you share, share in scripture, and we're secure in our call, Lord, that we've been all placed on this earth for such a time as this. So, Lord, would be people of truth and grace. That's what the Bible says, that you are fully truth 
and fully grace. Lord, as we leave this place, Lord, would you help us to represent you in everything we think, say, and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, one more time, let's shout amen together. Let's clap our hands together all over this house. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message, or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.